Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources. A special edition of Inside Sources, live from the Utah State Capitol on KSL News Radio. We are broadcasting live to today from the Utah State Capitol. We're in the committee hearing room. Uh, I think the appropriate place to have a community conversation. So we appreciate you joining us. And we're going to lean in uh, during this segment of the program on something that we talk about often on this show, and that is how do we deal with those uh, that are unhoused, unsheltered, whether that's chronic, whether that's transitional, uh, and what are the best ways to make sure we get the right kind of help in the right kind of way to the right people uh, so we can get them on the right path because that's the the real result we want to get to. And uh, really thrilled to have back on the program with us today, Randy Shumway, of course, is the founder and chairman of the Cicero Group. Uh, he's also the co-chair of the Utah Homeless Council. And uh, Randy, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So as uh, we kind of continue our conversation, uh, we always uh, resort to uh, Albert Einstein saying that he wasn't smarter than anyone else. He was just willing to stay with the question a little longer. Uh, and you've been staying with this question. Uh, you had a fantastic series of uh, opinion pieces uh, at Deseret.com. Staying with the question as it relates uh, to homelessness and some of those challenges. And so as you continue to think through this and think about this, what, give us something to start with in terms of what should we be thinking differently about uh, as we start to approach that, whether it's here at the legislature or whether it's us in our own communities. Boyd, you and I talked about this last week. For our chronically homeless population, this is an absolute human crisis based on debilitating trauma. And if we diagnose the root problem accurately is trauma and and clearly define human dignity as the ultimate objective, we start thinking about solutions a lot differently. Yeah, and, and so as we look at some of those uh, potential solutions, one of the things you pointed out in uh, in one of your pieces at Deseret.com was how sometimes, sometimes we unintentionally make things a little worse rather than better. Uh, describe that for us, and then how do we get to that better conversation? Well, I think I think there's myriad examples. I, I'll, I'll just define two, but we can deep dive others. One is the inconsistency in which laws are enforced. Uh, we we actually by not enforcing the laws, we're hurting the population that we most intend to help. And and second, we need policy changes that help individuals reintegrate into society as they continue healing and maintaining their improvement. Yeah, and, and so as you look at how we go about that, uh, and again, a lot of it is getting the the skill set or the, the pieces, the discipline pieces that they need in terms of work or employment uh, opportunities that way. Uh, give us some, some sense, uh, because I know you've looked at this nationally as well as uh, very acutely here uh, in the state of Utah, uh, but who else should we be looking to? What other conversations are happening around the country that we ought to be factoring in as we look at, at that good policy side of it? Hennepin County has a great model called Know Them by Name system, which creates an, a, a personalized improvement plan for every single individual and then provides the wraparound services to help them along the continuum of improvement. Another good example is in Miami-Dade County, Florida, uh, where they've implemented the sequential intercept and diversion model. And what that does is, rather than just throwing every person who's breaking the law in jail, instead they take the time to, uh, to diagnose the root problems. 
And if they're a predator exploiting the weak, then they need a timeout. They go to prison. But if the person's mentally disabled, they don't need jail. They need comprehensive, inpatient, full-time care to get their medications correct, to get them balanced, and to help them be of a full mind. Or if the person's misbehaving based on substance use disorder, again, they don't need gel. They need detox, along with a comprehensive inpatient social and medical care to overcome that addiction. So what the sequential intercept and diversion model does is tries to very uh, smartly diagnose what are the root problems and get the services that help the individual start to heal and improve as they change their life and change their behavior. Mm, that's so important. Now, one of the other things I know that you focused on uh, is making sure we've got everybody from service providers, stakeholders, uh, and in particular criminal justice. Uh, we've talked a lot about that on this show in terms of the reform that needs to happen there because often we put somebody into the criminal justice system, uh, they, they do whatever uh, amount of time it is, and then we put them back uh, with very little chance for success or a different outcome other than to be back on the street, back homeless, and potentially back uh, in the system again. Boyd, I, I, um, I, I could give you story after story of that example. I, uh, five years ago, Maureen and I were working with this wonderful woman. She had the sweetest little boy, and she'd been sober for two and a half years. She had just graduated from the recovery center, but she couldn't find a place to live because of the obstacles we create for people who have criminal records. Right. Maureen and I were bound and determined we were going to help her find an apartment. I, I, I think we drove to 35, 40 different locations, paying 35 to $45 per application and getting denied by every single one of them. Mm. Uh, and as we went through this experience, honestly, each denied denial emboldened me. I was, we, we are going to get to the solution, but with, in hindsight, without me realizing it, each denial caused her so much pain and insecurity as she relived this trauma. In the end, we found her an apartment. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Eureka, Celebration. But within six months, she was back on the streets. And if you ask me, I think those repeated rejections played such a damaging part in causing that relapse. And so that's, yeah. that's just one of many stories I could tell where we inadvertently obstruct rehabilitation. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have got to, we've got to change policy so that we're rewarding successful completion of long-term care and continued behavioral progress by allowing individuals to truly reintegrate into our society. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything more important uh, than that, because so often that, that failure cycle uh, and also the resentment that builds up in that failure process, uh, because anyone who's gone through any kind of addiction program knows that one of the biggest reasons for a relapse uh, is resentment. And whether that's building up resentment with a boss or a spouse and rejection yeah. and that they're all integrated there. And so making sure that we are rewarding the success and that uh, that mobility, I think, is so important. Uh, just in our, our last 60 seconds here, Randy, uh, anything else we, we should be thinking of rolling into the weekend uh, in terms of policy change or thing that things that you're hoping to, to get the discussions rolling on? 
Well, we need to remember that law enforcement is not mean. It, it protects our most vulnerable. Uh, and so we need to we need to champion those that are on the front line doing their best to help people in recovery. And second, we over-index on punishment rather than change. And there has to be consequences. There has to be accountability in order to infuse that energy toward changing one's life. Yeah. But, but, that, but that's an activity that serves a purpose. And the objective is human dignity. The objective yeah. is helping them heal and, 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 and move to a better place. Uh, love it. Randy Shumway is the founder and chairman of the Cicero Group. He is the co-chair of the Utah Homeless Council. Uh, Randy, always appreciate your perspective. We will stay with this conversation as well. It's a crucial one for our community, for our society, and as you said, uh, for the human dignity of all. Randy, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Again, that's Randy Shumway, uh, and that's just a crucial conversation, and we will continue to have it. We will stay with it uh, because we have to get it right. We can get it right here in the state of Utah, and we can show the rest of the country what that looks like uh, as we move it all forward. Well, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Utah State Capitol for the rest of the afternoon. Jeff Kaplan will pick up at 3 o'clock. KSL at night will come in uh, as we close out the legislative session. So stay with KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for some top-of-the-hour news. Representative Celeste Malloy is going to join us here at the Utah Capitol to talk about some national news coming up next. Stick around. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. From the KSL Common Spirit Health Studios. This is KSL News Radio. Utah's news, traffic, and weather station.